The Money Show. The Markets. And on to markets today. The rest of the world seemed to have a much better day than we did. Our currencies come under quite a lot of pressure in the last week or so, and we've also seen prices of shares fall quite sharply. Let's get the helicopter view from Peter Brook, who is a portfolio manager with the Old Mutual Investment Group. He's on the line to us from Cape Town this evening. What do you make of the last week or so in markets, JSE versus the rest of the world, Peter Brook? It's actually been really interesting, Bruce, because... South Africa's underperformance has been very marked. So if you look at months to date, for instance, the JSE is the second worst performing market that we look at in terms of, and that's partially some of it, we've had a weak currency, but we've also had weak shares. So some of those gold shares are off 20-odd percent. Even our banks are off a chunk. So um, it's been very weak, and I think there's a couple of different drivers behind that. I mean, it's not just then about the United States and the fear of inflation and the U.S. Fed turning fairly hawkish last week in which it started actually talking up the possibility of raising interest rates at least by the end of uh, 2023, although the market is anticipating it'll have to do it a lot sooner than that. Look, I think the Federal Reserve controls global liquidity, so anything they say is hugely important and it was definitely a factor. Um. But I think there are some other factors. So one of the things that I think is important is that Chinese have been very aggressive in terms of trying to get commodity prices down and releasing some of their reserves. And you've seen, for instance, the copper price is down 8%. But something like rhodium is down a big chunk. So I think you've got a combination of a little bit of speculative froth being pushed out of the market by the Fed. You've got the Chinese pushing on materials. And then the truth is, South Africa has been really phenomenally strong. I mean, we're talking about a rand that was knocking around, I think, 1325. So, you know, everyone was going, oh, if it breaks through 14, that's really strong. So we're at 1430 today. It's Some of it was just we had got a little bit ahead of ourselves. And I'm looking at, for instance, the banks. You know, the bank shares are down 7 8% month to date. But if I just look at the one month, they're all up. So it's it's really strong, then weak. So I think you put those three factors together. South Africa ran a little bit ahead of itself, very strong ran. Um, Fed taking some froth out of market, and the Chinese putting some pressure on commodity speculators, and that was ripe for our market to come back. But remember, longer term... It's going to be driven by what actually happens to the earnings. What's the supply and demand for these underlying commodities? And I still think global growth is going to be good. And that's positive because it does indicate that then that, that demand remains strong. And if demand remains strong, then we carry on with our exports. The U.S. Treasury rate, though, is the important number, certainly in the short term, because that tells you what markets are anticipating will happen with the future of interest rates. And at one stage, I think it was last year, we were seeing U.S. Treasuries get to 3%. Where are they sitting now? I'll just look that up while I'm talking to you. But I know, for instance, that the U.S. 30-year, which is your really long-dated money, has come down by about 25 basis points. That's a huge, huge move for um, for the basic global cost of capital. And this is what's also been quite interesting is because what had happened is the market is pricing in inflation. And so you've got inflation expectations 
the Fed's going to allow things to run too hot. You have the Fed meeting saying, well, hang on a minute, we might not let things run too hot. And so that immediately lifted the perceptions around short rates. But the interesting element of that is that long bonds, the, the price went up and the yield fell. In other words, your long-term cost of capital decreased. And what that's telling us is that the market is saying, okay, we trust the Fed is not going to, going to let inflation get out of control. Okay, so all that, actually net positive, I mean, when we look at it, it's a bit uncomfortable in the short term because it disrupts the, the comfort of, of uh, rising markets and strengthening currency. And it's just, yeah, this is a market, things go up, things go down. Talk to me about the results out of Nuspass and Process. Tencent is still very much the epicenter uh, of the money tree there. That's very true, and it, uh, it, that remains the case. But actually, the results were very interesting in terms of their e-commerce businesses, where they, where they had really good results. Um, we're actually underweight in, in our funds within the NASPERS process complex, but I, I think it's only fair to say these are good numbers. Um, basically, they've got more customers using their platforms, and they had to spend less money to get there. And very simply, I think that's an effect of the COVID lockdown, where people utilize, increase their utilization of e-commerce. So things like iFood in Brazil um, did really well. Um, more recently, as some of their countries have opened up the second-hand market for cars, have helped some of their classified verticals. So I would say generally actually a pretty good result from process. But the market, individual investors, big institutional investors, are quite grumpy with process and, and NASPARS management. It is all about transparency. It's all about um, this controlled structure of NASPARS and this attempt by process to do a, a really complicated deal in order to get more NASPARS shares in process um, o- over time. And it's just, there is, I don't know, is it a bad smell? Is it an overhang? What is it? The, the, the key reason why you are underweight these companies now, which have been the bellwethers of this market now for a decade or more. So um, Nila Shanshi, our analyst who covers the stock, put out a very nice opinion piece on this in Business Day, laying out the pros and cons. Um, the truth is, what they're doing to unlock the discount adds to complexity. Um, I can completely understand why they're doing it, but it doesn't necessarily solve the discount problem. But the real reason we were more cautious was really around um, the global value growth rotation and particularly the risks around um, big tech and specifically China. So what's happened as a result of their competition commission and their competition policy is all of the Chinese e-commerce companies have said, well, there's lots of competition and we're going to prove it to you by investing very hard, which means that their profits are not going to be great in the coming year or so. For assets that were highly priced, that leaves them vulnerable. So you said it at the beginning of, of our conversation, 10 cents is the dog and everything else is the tail. So we were really focusing on 10 cents and the pressure there as opposed to the other elements. Thank you, Peter Brook. He's a portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group on the line just from Cape Town.